Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to episode 9 of the Lifestyle Chase. Here I have with me today the one and only Dow. How are you today? I'm so wonderful. It's Wednesday. I'm uh, happy to have you here at my place. This is great. It's pretty fancy here. So it's been a long day. Uh, tell us about what goes into your day on a typical Wednesday. Typical Wednesday. Uh, well, Mondays and Wednesdays, um, and this week uh, also Tuesday, uh, but I teach uh, 6.15 a.m. classes at uh, Champs Boxing, one of their knockout classes. And uh, so it starts at 6.15. I usually um, have to be there by 5.45 to set up everything. So I'm usually up by 5.00 grab a quick little bite, um, whatever's in my fridge. Um, I, I, I lay out all my stuff the night before. I'm pretty organized. I have my, uh, workout outfit and then, uh, right next to it, I usually have, um, my work outfit next. And so I'm out the door by like 5:30. get to champs. I'm pretty, pretty close. So, uh, get there, um, prep up, talk to some clients and, you know, everybody around to make some uh, connections. And then, yeah, off I go, teach the class. And honestly, I'm a completely different person after the class uh, um, as compared to the person I, I enter in when I open those doors. So, yeah, typically that's what happens on Wednesdays. And then um, I get home, class is over at 7.05 exactly. And then I'm out the door of champs around 7.15. I get home by like 7.20, like this is clockwork, this just happens all the time, I'm giving you times because it's, uh, it's pretty precise. Um, usually I catch some pictures after class, so I, I do all my Instagram posts right away, um, hop in the shower, get ready, and then I'm out of the door by 8 o'clock and, and at work by 8.20. <laughs> Like clockwork. Yeah, like clockwork. You can't mess it up. You can't go to the bathroom at the wrong time or anything. Like no, no, it really just place. yeah, and it, it shifts the game a bit. But then then you end up doing things a little bit faster if you need to, to just to make things work. And I'm um, I'm a huge uh, a non-excuse maker. So if if I know I'm running behind or if I know things are not working for me, I hustle where I need to and um, kind of lay back where. I'm going, wow, I can buy a little time here. So, totally. yeah, yeah. What's a typical day in the life for you at school? Like, we've we finished with champs, we're moving on with our day. Yeah. What's the rest of your day like? Well, you know, a completely new hat comes on. Uh, people usually know me in so many different realms of life. Uh, I don't know if you know that I, I also have a, a hair business. Um, so fitness is the champs or, or you know, used to be spin um, also, also in the community. But when I get to work, um, I'm pretty serious in terms of uh, the realm of work I do is very um, um, trauma-based and uh uh, I deal with a lot of at-risk youth, um, families who are dealing with factors that uh, not a lot of people know about. Um, can't talk about it a lot, so I'll, I'll try to be as clear as I can, but you're, I'm dealing with the most vulnerable kids in our city. And when I say the most, I'm not lying. Uh, this stuff 
usually doesn't make the news or anything. Not that it should be newsworthy, but these are things that people should know about. And I, I live it every day. It's very hard on the heart. It's very tough on um, my mind. I'm making probably decisions um, every second, split second. Um, requires me to be very flexible. Um, also at the same time, I, I think, uh, I have a great sense of humor. I laugh a lot. Um, I, I'm able to, um, separate my own personal, um, life from my job, which makes me, um, really healthy in doing my job well. Um, so a day in a life is I, I deal with a lot of crisis. 99% of my work is crisis work. It is uh, problem solving and it is helping one to 470 kids in the school along with their families in the community. So without saying too much, yeah, that's what I do. It's pretty, pretty tough work, yeah. <laughs> but then afterwards you still have a lot of extracurricular stuff that you do. So like what happens after school? Well, after school, usually um, we debrief a lot. There's a lot that goes on. Our team is made of um, some pretty amazing individuals who are very, very um, educated, skilled, full of experience in, in this uh, line of work. So we need to debrief, and sometimes our, those are tough conversations that we have to have, but we do that at the end of the day. Um, uh, after school today, we had parent-teacher interviews, so we had, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred um, parents coming through with their kids, and so I had to stay till 6. Today, it's a typical day to, you know, school's over at 3.30. Typically, I leave around 5 or 6, and uh, tomorrow, I'm going to be leaving at 8. Um, so, yeah, a little, little tough. So busy. Very, very busy. But you know what? Um, that workout in the morning, I, I swear, it revs me up all throughout yeah. the day. And even thinking about teaching a, a boxing class or, or attending a workout, like when I'm actually not teaching a boxing class, I actually try to do a workout at 6 a.m. I feel like that routine and repetition of what it provides for me and the benefits, um, I like to carry it over. So I really just think about it and it revs me up again throughout the day if I need it at 5 p.m. again. So, it's like a positive yeah. association with you. Yeah, it's like this cool psychological twitch again that just kind of, you know, does the trick. <laughs> all, all across the city, they're on the same page. Like, Probably. Even, even myself, I get in as many 6 a.m. workouts as I can. Yeah. Like, before I was teaching a bunch, and now I'm just going to a bunch kind of thing. Right, right. So, if I remember correctly, your spin class was probably one of the first, if not the first one I ever took. Then a month or two later, I came back and jumped into the two-week unlimited challenge. And we had been chatting before your Friday giver class. It was the first giver class I went to. And I said I was going to do seven a week. And you looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. Would you have ever guessed that the goofy guy that said seven a week would end up all in on a fitness career? You know what? I'm a... If you get to know me, I'm a super positive person and I have this relentless belief in people. So I'm going to say no. I, 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 I had, I'm not surprised at all. I'm, I'm really happy and I'm really glad that you're in this. I, I feel like um, that uh, passion in, in people can be the only thing that really makes or breaks you. Like... You know, it doesn't matter what people say or do behind you or, or even um, uh, doubt you. Like, I, I think I saw that in you. And I remember. I remember right off the bat. So, amazing. I just thought it was, it was neat because, like, 
the version of me that you would have met there is a very different version now. I think the version of me then was a big self-doubter. Yeah. Was pretty damn self-conscious kind yeah. of thing. And then now, like, I almost have a reputation for making sure that everybody is confident in themselves. Yeah. Like, I go out of my way to reassure people kind of yeah. thing. And I just think it's such a neat transformation kind of thing. But also, it speaks to sort of your your way of reading people. Yeah. I think it's great that you're you're in that position where you're teaching group classes because you have an angle that other people don't. Right. You can see potential in a person and nurture it. Right. And an average Joe will just be like, go, go, go. And then the door is shut and like they're, they're checked out kind yeah. of thing. You, you commit to your group classes and I yeah. think that's why you have such a strong following. Like I, I've observed a lot of people from your spin classes have probably followed you on to champs. Am I right? That's or, very true. <laughs> yes. Yes. So you get like this loyal following Yeah. because you have this way of believing in people, mm-hmm. which they can sense. And they're like, hell yeah, I'm going to follow her wherever she goes. Cause she, she sees something in me that I didn't see in myself. And now I see it. Kind of oh, thank you. I like you're making me smile from ear to ear here. <laughs> thank you for noticing that. I, I, I do take pride in, in that. Um, as you know, I have my own career of passion. It, it I'm very fortunate to have a side c- career ish of passion too. Uh, I'm not doing this for money. It's 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 a huge even my own career. Like honestly, I'm I'm glad I'm being paid for anything I do every single day because I just love it so much. So um, for me, the payment is. Um, the connection I make with people and the relationships I build. And I can probably, you know, check all my DMs after class and those alone just, just fill my day. Um, because uh, you have no idea how you change people. For example, with you, I actually, when I, when I met you, I didn't create a dialogue of what you were thinking in your head that you had doubt and everything. I was just like, wow, this guy wants to do this? Great. Like, I had no idea of your story. So the thing is... What I like to explore is the story, like, but I, I, you know, I let people seep that out on their own time, and, um, you know, I've had my own personal friends say that you, you have a way of doing that which is not invasive, but at the same time, it holds you accountable. Like, I kind of, I'm pushy, but I'm not, yeah. right? So it's, it's that, uh, and I think that comes from my teaching background. Like, how do I get that reluctant, reluctant kid to love math when he hates math, right? Yeah. Like, how do you push enough? without setting them over the edge. So I think like, you know, my background kind of melds and dovetails every aspect of my life. So it's, yeah. I agree. And there's so many, there's actually a lot of my guests that I've had so far that have had some connection to teaching. Right. Like teaching is such a good complement to being in fitness Mm -hmm. because you learn you're you're in it to to nurture a human being Mm -hmm. you're not in it in a chase for money kind of thing like there's so much in the fitness industry like as myself being a trainer having trainer in my profile on facebook and everything i get targeted by a lot of those like scale your business Mm -hmm. have an online presence make more money see less clients and i'm like what what are we doing here like what i want to do is like have face time with human beings Mm -hmm. that are in edmonton and actually create an impact. I don't give a shit about scaling my business. Right. I just want to pay my bills, but mostly uh, help people be more confident in the gym and be stronger kind of thing. Right. So I think having people that have the belief that their career is more about like that fulfillment, fulfillment first 
and then having nice things as the byproduct like yeah. that's that's the way to do it like that's that's where you create impact and it's so much more important to have impact right which is a big part of why you're a guest because you can you can portray that and demonstrate that right um i think one of your qualities that stands out to me is that every time i see you out and about you truly make a meaningful effort to say hi and it's so true like right. whether it's your class at champs somebody else's class at champs right. whether it's november project right I don't think you've ever let me down. <laughs> I will, so like, awesome. I will scout you out. <laughs> it's great because a lot of people are challenged by doing that. And also I've had situations where, like, me being someone who is very comfortably vulnerable on social media, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that will reach out to me and they'll ask my mm-hmm. opinion. They'll be like, well, you know, I went into this studio and nobody even looked at me and I'm like, it's it's complicated it's a multi-layered thing mm-hmm. those people working in the studio have their own shit that they're working on mm-hmm. so sometimes you have to be the one to say hey how are you and then it sparks something in them but for you being someone that people are almost uh, assuming that you're going to be like hey how's it going is so impactful for people because mm-hmm. there's so many people in the community that rely on that right um so even if it's across a gym or across a parking lot, it's so important to promote that in society. What do you think it is that reminds you to be so thoughtful to others in that way? Like you, you have bad days like anybody else, mm-hmm. but you're fairly consistent. What's, what's the thing that brings you back to that attitude? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty introspective when it comes to how I feel. I, I really treat others um, in reaction to what I need at the time. Like even like if you attend my classes, the words that are coming out of my mouth, it's not to serve you, it's actually to serve me. It actually happens to also serve you. So when I see, um, let's say a group of 20 people attending a class, my class, whoever's class, and I, I'm a very good reader of energy, I feel it, I feel um, there's stories behind people. I don't. I can't have a dialogue of what that is, but I get drawn to that. And I go, if I were that person right there who's just kind of looking down at the floor, uh, you know, what might be going through my head? I'm not going to make up that story, but I'm just going to go ahead and take that leap and go over there and I have nothing to lose. That's so true. (laughs) I have nothing to lose. And you know what? Every single time that it has um, been done to me where someone has come over and made that effort, even how small or awkward or like scary it might seem and the conversation might actually go nowhere, it feels good to be like, you know, it comes to down to attention and it comes down to that um, human touch and affection. And uh, especially nowadays, like everybody's wrapped up in social media. I will walk by Panda42 and they know they're following me and I know like, you know, I'm going to say hello. Like, I'm going to be that person because that person may be thinking the same thing, but they're not going to do it. You know, a lot of my friends and family know that, like, I'm unfiltered. I'm very brave at everything I do. um, And I have, honestly, nothing to lose. I live like I'm going to die the next day, every single day. So, honestly, once it happens, 100% of the time, I feel great. Because I've made someone feel good, and I feel good. So, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a scenario where, say, you... (laughs) cross paths with somebody that you know you follow them they yeah. follow you said hi and then they they just kind of pretended they didn't know you honestly never, never because i i always crack that code i always That's go like true. hey i know like I, 
you're, you have a little makeup on, your hair's a little different, is that you? Like, and you know, and I'll, I'll be like, oh, we're, did you just come back from a trip or something? I really try to, you know, I could be wrong. Sometimes I have been wrong. Totally. It's like, nope, not me. And that, yeah, that's when I, news. but like if that person, um, if I know I'm pretty like 80% positive, I'll, I'll try it out because, you know, again nothing to lose and like it's it's that. funny it's uh, it's hilarious like yeah and then they started defending themselves like i usually don't look like this if, if they're if they're looking on the the more bad end of what they usually or their instagram shows right which is like really bogus to me i just we could that's another episode of like what's real and what's not yeah. on social media but i'm pretty real all the time what you see in my ig stories um what you see in my pictures and also in real life I, I say what I mean, I mean what I say, and yeah. Completely, like, you can tell with people, and when you look at your content and what you portray, like, when you're yeah. having a good day, people know you're having yeah. a good day. If you ever had a bad day and you yeah. told people about it, they would know without needing too much detail. It's just yeah. like the tone, the, sometimes just the filter people use. It's like, oh, yeah. that's a pretty glum filter, yeah. better check in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, I'm not afraid to, like, um post when I feel so if I like am posting six times a day there might be this you know way of me trying to just portray what I need to but like I don't there's no formula like I don't do three posts in a row I don't have like this um aesthetic about my page it's pretty much whatever I want when I want and it's pretty much my life too I'm not gonna like you know if I want to work out here today I'm going to do it not because this is my routine or something you know so yeah, I, like I like to break routines or go with them whatever works for me totally. <laughs> you could like your routine for two months and be like oh I guess I'm a routine person oh yeah like a week later it's like nope not anymore now I'm doing something totally opposite oh that's my relationship with yoga I love <laughs> it but you know yeah it's it's tough it's one of those things that are yeah where do you enjoy going to yoga the most? What's your top three places? Uh, okay, so because I moved from the suburbs to downtown, I was live. I was loving yoga life. Um, I went to um, Yin quite a bit, and I uh, went to restorative. I found those just so calming, and they were. Um, late night ones yeah because i have um i don't know if you saw that post on insomnia i actually have a lot of trouble sleeping um so that really helped me um, calm and also um, shut off my mind and put on my dow personal home hat um versus that uh at work buzz yeah, that no, buzz can really sense. um yeah so yoga life was good when i was there i just finished um a month with moksha loved it um hot yoga um i do like just normal temperature yoga too so I'll, I'll have to find a place but we have a yoga studio right here in my building so i actually do a, a lot of solo practice on my own with the moves that i know uh when my son's with me that's what we do as well um yeah. Did I see that you organized an event? Yes. Yoga? So a girlfriend and I, um, I don't know, you probably know Katie, a photographer from November Project. I had her over uh, for a, um, a glass of wine and some dinner. And um, she wanted to check the building out. So I we went down to the yoga studio. I can actually take you after if you want to see it. But um, we decided this space could probably hold 60 people. 
with Matson, kind of scan out the place. Uh, right now, I have 25 people attending what's called, I'm calling it Yoga Vibes. We have uh, Susie Bird, who's um, willing to do the karma class, and all the proceeds are going to Little Warrior. So yeah, an impromptu kind of thing. I love doing that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I don't need a lot of money to live. I, you know, but a lot of people need a lot of money to um, access the things they need to do in order to live happily. So that's kind of how I see about living. Totally. Yeah. No, that's good. Like when you're empowered to do the things, like if, if you're able to utilize that, that area, I say do it. Like yeah. there's been so many times, like I've done two events at Central. Yeah. Because it's just been something that worked. Like I've always chatted back and forth with fans. I've talked to Jesse and I thought, well, hey, like I have an open dialogue with them. I have this idea and both times I ran it by them. Like it was first time of doing something for both things yeah and they yeah go for it and isn't it so great that you have people that support you without question it's you know really it's it's nice. really cool sometimes yeah. i i take it for granted like i'll be like oh i feel so bad for myself and then i forget about like these people around town that have like totally had my back yeah pom-poms are out and they're like, i know go and like oh wow that's really nice. And you learn quickly that those people, you want more of them, right? And it's really easy when you start off with like maybe one or two people and you're like, wow, I just met someone who's just like you become my friend, right? Like, yeah. and it's not what you can do for me. It's like, it's what the energy that we produce together and that we, what we can do for this world. Because I think like a lot of the times we get wrapped up in, oh, you have a skill, help me out right yeah. but like once you start thinking about that then the actual thing that you're trying to do becomes lost so if you always have that goal in mind of who you're trying to really impact and those people around are just the drivers of the vehicles getting everything where to where they need to be yeah yeah so i think like you and i that's we're pretty um similar on that which is pretty cool we have our, our vision bus and everybody's just jumping yeah, aboard yeah and you invite people and people say yes and people say no but like all the yes people become like always driving hell yes yes hell yes people and they, <laughs> and they help you drive they backseat drive with you and everything <laughs> that's so true so with your role as your assistant principal right yes I am at Delton Elementary yes so what was your journey like to get there? Because that's, that's quite a process. You don't just get to be assistant principal kind of thing. No, no. How did your teaching career start? Well, um, first of all, I didn't want to be an assistant principal. I, I didn't know um, how fast things were going to go or how slow. All I knew is that um, I knew in order to change this world, it starts with our kids. And it's not going to be me behind a desk even working for the government or behind education policies. So that for me is, um, I, I'm a product person <laughs> and the process for me I'm always rushing by and hurrying but this process I it started in 2001 when I graduated I um, subbed for a high school and uh, one teacher just kept calling me back and he's like really good with the kids you know told the principal about it there you go there's my first job I taught high school math um, fast-tracked about three years in and became the math department head so I became this leader at a very very young age I was like I think 23 or 24 you know having staff that uh, I worked with that were double my age so but I you know I quickly saw it as uh, age is not a, a 
something that you really should even care about. It's your passion and it and the experience and the growth that you um, want to have is going to propel you wherever you want to go. So anyways, taught uh, math for about five or six years and then I taught junior high English. I went from grade 12, 11, 10, then 9, 8, 7 and then um, had a family, um, had a baby, and uh, yeah, I wanted less marking, <laughs> no more English papers and and math. So I became a grade six teacher in the inner city. So at the high school I was at was pretty at risk as well, but uh, went to the inner city. Um, just fell in love with the with the uh, the amount of commitment and dedication it took um, on my heart, but also. The, the growth path that I had to have and all the, the constant learning from the people around me. Um, a lot of people saw the leadership potential in me and um, I became quickly a literacy coach. I then became part of the administration team. I would, kept being called to the office out of my grade six class I was teaching to take place of the assistant principal or the principal when they're out of the building. So that experience um, put me in a lot of very difficult situations where I had to call some big shots. And so in calling those shots, I got a lot of experience and um, here I am. I, I, I was asked to apply for the position, I got it, and I've been an assistant principal for four years. Just finished um, a program with Edmonton Public for aspiring principals. So hopefully in the next couple years, I uh, will have my own school where I can, you know, develop a, a team of, of teachers in a community and students and parents and yeah, do my do my own thing. That's so awesome. Yeah. Do you find that having the fitness background, working in the school, do you have an impact on how much people are involved in fitness amongst your peers? Do you get more teachers into chance class? You know what? I try not to mix the two. I know that's kind of like, because it's almost like soliciting. Yeah. So I don't do it much. But however, I organized our PD day and I got, I think, 15 um, teachers and staff members from my school to go out to a boxing class that um, Robbie uh, from Champs taught. And I just attended just like if I were part of the staff. So it was team building. They loved it. Um, but uh, there is fitness weaved throughout the school. Like I started yoga at my school. Yeah. Um, I brought in um, um, spin bikes that I uh, helped fundraise with Cycle Bar. I mean, there's there's lots of things. I had this club called the Wolf Pack, and all we did was run around and howl. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my it was a, a way to get kids to run. Yeah. And there are some kids who just didn't move much, you know, you can tell they all they did was go to school and go home and play video games. So I created this cool club where we like, and they're loud, they screamed all the time. So I'm like, why not howl and run and just get some air into your lungs? So just weird creative stuff like that that I'll well, come up like with. Yeah. The act of howling, like it sounds <laughs> I bizarre, know. but no, it's so good for like the central <laughs> nervous system. It unleashes everything. Oh, yeah. And they kind of, they know that like they made this loud noise, everything's okay. Like they can they can feel okay being uncomfortable yeah. and then they can move past that. So I think honestly, that was a very good strategy. <laughs> I'm pretty fun. silly. I mean, it's a full moon tonight. We can actually <laughs> go on my balcony right now and have have a nice howl. It's it's pretty uh, um, relaxing and pretty therapeutic to oh, s just scream. Sure. Like, you know, instead of screaming into a pillow or like holding your breath and like all those are just really suppressing, just release, right? It's It's nice. 
There was a <laughs> book that I read, I can't remember the title, but it basically it said, you know, like if you're having a bad day, just release that emotion. They say like emotions are meant to be felt. Like when you're sad, yeah. be sad. Like cry, whatever you have to do. When you're happy, laugh. Like find somebody to, to laugh with you. Mm-hmm. When you're mad, don't like pent that up. Find find your way to be mad. And then like, honestly, like if you've had a bad day at work, like rather than having it pent up and then having it brew in your head all evening, right. just scream in your car. <laughs> yeah. like, what's going to happen? You're going to yell as loud as you possibly can. Yeah. You're going to get such a better response out of your body by doing yeah. that because then it's dealt with. The body's like, okay, we got this taken mm-hmm. care of, move on. Because mm-hmm. you can only think of something like six to eight things at once. Right. So if one of those things is what you're pissed off about, like you don't have the capacity to be happy. Yeah. You're just going to be mad. Yeah. It could be like, you could see a cute puppy and you're like, stupid cute puppy. <laughs> what? You only have the capacity to be mad. Like, yeah, that's yeah, one of the yeah, things yeah. that you've chosen. And nobody wants to be mad at the cute puppy. No, no. It's no good. No, I definitely go through that roller coaster. I'm pretty quick though. I'm, I'm, I can be quite hot tempered. Like if I am mad, I'll be like, uh, you know. 20 minutes of just pure rage, but I'll get over it really quickly. Yeah. I, I'm all about mindset and perspective. And if it's going to really hold me back and not be productive, I actually just, just drop it and move on. Like I'll, I'm usually like, yeah, yeah, sure. I'll compromise on that. Like, you know, unless it's against my values, I'll really give up on things that don't serve me pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yep. Have you ever found that your performance increases in a workout when you're angry? Or are you someone that has to be clear-headed and just finding their flow state? Oh, that's that's difficult because there's a lot of times where I actually wanted to cancel workouts because of my shitty day. Sorry, can I say shitty? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> I have to make this explicitly episode two. Somebody dropped the F-bomb. Okay, okay. <laughs> I, won't, I won't do that. But yeah, but I've come to learn that um, when I'm in that state, um, I can't cancel. I need to be um, there. But I also, um, I don't think I will meet my goal if I stay angry, actually. I think I'll, I'll let it, I'll, I'll let it get to me too much. So I do actually use the workout to change my mood. That's good. Right? So I kind of, yeah, I'm just thinking back to all my shitty days where I actually did go work out. And there's self-talk. It's like, all right, you can do this. Let's put that away for a second. Like these are the things I'm I'm saying to myself. Yeah, that that was really shitty that that happened to you. She's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. You try to talk to this. Okay, this moment right now, I got to do this. That's a tough wad. I got to get through this. I'm not going to get through this if I have this emotion. Yeah, because you almost feel physically weak. You know when your mind and your body just really connect? So if like, you know, sometimes my eyelids will even feel heavy if I'm like sad. And so, or my arms will feel weak and I'll feel into my fingers. Well, that's not going to help me do a power clean you know (laughs) right so yeah yeah. so that's what I think about it makes sense yeah I'd say like what what my experience is is I've often PR'd in like an angry frustrated state yeah but only only if it's directed in the right way like I have to associate my struggle with the struggle in the workout and usually Mm. what what gets me in that zone the most is like a spin class just yeah it's if you work really hard in that class you're like pushing yourself to this wall where it's like okay like if i go further i'm gonna puke like something's gonna shut down 
and then I associate that with the thing that I'm trying to overcome. Right. And then I overcome it. And then I'm like, oh, well, if I, I thought everything was going to end, I thought I was going to die. And then I think about the thing that made me mad that yeah. I was like, okay, it all ends here. And then I've overcome it in the workout. But to get to that point, I had to push myself really hard. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just like screaming at the world the whole time. Yeah. But it's yeah. kind of like a, a way of getting me to that higher level of performance that I wouldn't be with a clear head. Yeah. What you kind of described to me was like, you know, that sense of enduring a workout when you find that rhythm and that flow and that like surge and like pull back and like, you know, the, this ebb and flow of just, um, yeah, the struggle, the I got it. Oh no, I don't. Oh no. You know, that, that, the constant pushback. And yeah. I think like that, um, that allows you time. It's almost like, okay, I know this class is one hour. I'm 10 minutes in and this is fucking like, oh, sorry, see, I did it. <laughs> it's like playing tricks on me, but you know, you have 50 minutes left and you got time. So you're almost like you're planning that journey for yourself and you know that you're good enough to make it to the end but I'm going to go through all this. I don't know what it is, right? The next 10 minutes may be another crappy 10 minutes. But, you know, you kind of like have... It's it's faith in yourself. Yep. Because you've already clipped in. You've already committed. So you have faith in yourself. And so even if the whole class is a struggle, I think some hope in there that you're finishing, there's going to be happiness in there somewhere. Maybe it's the last minute. Well, it's yeah. definitely at the end. Like, yeah. 100%. I'm never angry after the workout. No, never. Like, it's because I realized, oh, wow, like, they got ugly at times. It was really tough. I struggled. I had to overcome a few things. But then at the end, I survived. Yeah. So in practicing that, we get really good at being relentless. Like, Mm -hmm. being comfortable, being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, thinking about how when we're pushing our limits, we get really proficient in challenging ourselves. Yeah. And the obstacles that we face in, in work, in life, and everything that happens in life. Because nobody, nobody has it easy. There's mm-hmm. always something that comes and bites us in the butt. And it's like, oh shit, wasn't expecting that. But the more proficient we are in being uncomfortable, the more we're going to be prepared when that next thing happens. Yeah. Because inevitably it will. Yeah. That's what I like about fitness. So angry work angry workouts are okay yeah. if they're directed in the right way yeah and then you know what and whatever emotion it is like some people i know don't even get angry i'm like you no. should yeah. <laughs> you know but like you know no one should really dictate how you how you feel and how you um take things so whatever emotion it is everybody's going through something so totally. you gotta work out you know and that's why i like sometimes like you know a lot of people get a bad rap for you know why is she posting another picture after thing but you know if you ever take the time to read people's captions or um how about that conversation right after that post-workout um, and see what the dialogue is and the story that's attached to that emotion. You know, when you want to really feel impact, that, those are authentic things that are happening. We should really uh, congratulate people for those uh, moments of vulnerability and moments of pride. Like, just celebrate that instead of, like, knocking them down that they're just, they went to one spin class in two, two months and they're making a post. Who the hell cares and what is it to you? They're proud for that moment. One moment can matter. Ten moments can matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, I am definitely guilty. I've put so many celebration posts of, like, moments, but I was feeling... Who cares? That's celebratory. Like, that is reason to celebrate. One moment in time. Yeah. Let's not compare the moments. I see other people going through, like, the similar patterns. I'm like, I recognize this. I'm going to nurture this person because I know what it can become. Yeah. 
I'm going to do everything that I can to make it become that. Yeah. Like whether it be they become extremely confident and they're getting all the things that they want out of their life. Or maybe they, they get into a different career that they yeah. kind of held themselves back yeah. with. Yeah. So many stories of like people doing something that they thought they were good enough for and not doing the thing that they didn't actually acknowledge they're good enough for yeah. kind of thing. Like not reaching their potential, being right. unhappy in their career because it was something that was in their like realm of, of excellence but not their realm of, of uh, brilliance yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, I get a lot of... Um apologies actually which I don't understand I don't understand a lot of apologies actually but what I get a lot is like you know let's say uh, someone has been coming to my boxing class every Monday and Wednesday for like two months straight and they don't see them for two months and then I get this big apology I'm like why you know like it's it's almost like they let themselves down that they were committed to being committed but then they let me down because they didn't come to my class I don't care <laughs> you know but the fact that they came back and like you know make it made a point of it um you know that's cool to me that you you actually you know want to want to come back and do something but you're like inching away and it doesn't matter like your journey's yours I'm not, I'm not here to kind of judge or yeah so I, I don't understand that just do your do your thing totally how slow or how fast it's a much more mature take <laughs> on it than what I do. Like when I was running my spin class, I had some like loyal followers and if they were gone for a few weeks, I'd be like, are you okay? Like, oh yeah. Did you die? Cause I mean, there's this bike that you always ride. And oh you God, you really didn't. <laughs> I, like I was accountable to my riders yeah. and they were accountable to me. Yeah. That's something that I really enjoyed about it. Like yeah. I think, the bike probably hasn't seen the last of me as an instructor. Oh, good. But we'll see how that plays out. But it's just <laughs> like you, you have like a, a connection with these people. Yeah. Like you're all in there overcoming this obstacle together. Yeah. Like their struggles are my struggles. Yeah. My struggles are their struggles. Kind yeah. Of thing. But then people grow and change they, too. They, like I kind of tr- see fitness <laughs> classes as like that friend from high school you kind of lose touch with them <laughs> you know you were really close and you saw each other every day talked on the phone you like went did everything together went to the mall and everything and then all of a sudden they like they've got a boyfriend or they go do their own thing you know so people go through changes in their life so totally. maybe if it's a two-year hiatus because they went through something and but they're going to come back or if they don't you meet them in another way yeah. so it might be something it might not even be fitness so you, you know, fitness is just one piece of the pie, right? So, I agree. yeah. No, yeah. It's, a, it's a good stance. It's a yeah. healthy stance. Uh, I still keep in contact with quite a few of the regulars that rode my class. Good. It's neat. Yeah, like, it is. And it's, sometimes it's not even anything to do with fitness, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's, well, it's just Instagram is a very magical thing. Oh, I love Instagram. Because don't, don't even get me started. People insta-meet each other. Like, my episode before this was was with Shane Fennessy and the way we met was I listened to one of his podcasts and I thought it was good. I really liked the content. So then I put it in my story and I was like, this is a good podcast. You should check it out. Tagged him. Right. We had never actually talked before. <laughs> and then he was, Oh, thanks man. And like, yeah. Yeah. It was just such good feedback for him. Cause that was honestly the first time anybody had ever like given him that positive reinforcement. Right. And then we started chatting back and forth, and then I can't remember when the first time we bumped into each other. It might have been, oh, he came to L2 
um, and said hi then because he was training with Dean and then it just kind of we, we keep in touch I've been on his podcast he's been on mine it's just all came from Instagram yeah and then yeah. just the whole like supporting people daily it's all kind of manifested through Instagram yeah it's neat yeah no I, I love it so now on to family stuff so you and Sebastian you're like two peas in a pod yeah so it's it's neat because like seeing it through social media we see you guys are doing workouts together yeah. cooking together <laughs> what are three things you implement into every week to keep that bond so strong um i listen to him he's very opinionated i don't know where he gets it from but he's uh he has a, a really um strong mind he knows what he wants uh um, very emotionally available, like like when you're talking about when you're angry, you act angry. Oh yeah, he's very he's very open. So I do listen. I always ask like, what would you like to do today? And sometimes he says, I don't know. And so I'll give him some options, and you know we make that decision together. You know how it feels when when you do something that other people suggest that you really don't want to do. I don't ever want him to be in a position where he's obligated to do anything. So even with his own mother. So I. I do, um, um, yeah, that's very important to me, the, the listening, but it's also, I model a lot of what I like to do and, um, how fun I have, how much fun I have doing it. So, um, so he can even give it a shot. And so sometimes, um, the things that, uh, he ends up liking to do, I like to do too. So it's, you know, um, yeah, so I model that. What else? The third thing. Um, I make sure that he, um, yeah, that he knows he's loved and that he knows that, um, I don't think he's special, like, cause I don't think that's important as how special he thinks he is. So I'm always, that dialogue is very important to me. I'll be like, so if he just accomplished something, I'll be like, how did that make you feel? I don't always immediately go, Oh my gosh, amazing job. I'm so proud of you. Because that means that I, what my feelings are for his actions are important. No, it isn't as much because I'm not going to be around forever. Mm -hmm. Right? So when he's accomplishing something, and this is the whole like my, my mindset behind like motivation, self-motivation and drive is that when no one's around, who are you impressing? Mm-hmm. Right? So if I'm, his mother's not around, cheering me on going, good job, boy. Like who's doing that for you? Better be you. Better be damn you when you're 25, 30, 50, 85, because your mom's not going to be around. So, yeah, I, I model that. And I'll say stuff like, like you know, if I'm doing something well, I'm like, boy, Dow, that was a great thing you just did, right? I model that self-positive self-talk. So I make sure that he does that to himself because the worst eater of dreams is you not being proud of you. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's around you. You can have like... 20 motivational speakers like you know you can have Gary V hanging around you 24 7 but if you don't believe in yourself yeah you're not going to succeed so yeah there you and go that's, that's, that's so motherhood true. to me in a nutshell <laughs> uh, something that I, I can speak to on that is just like there's been so many instances where like me before fitness I think I got kind of into this rut because my previous career was like warehouse yeah it's, it's a good career yeah. And there's lots of good people doing it. And uh, it was a company that was like, 
energetic and yeah. growing and expanding. But for me, my personality, being in a warehouse, no windows, yeah. no real communication, you don't really get good at that positive right. self-affirmation. It's like, we pick this up, we put it down. Sometimes <laughs> we use forklift, we write some numbers on some things and type in some stuff. Right. Like, we're just doing things that don't need any validation so you never feel it then you forget how to like give yourself credit for the work you put in then you start to forget to put in the work and it's just like it's just a a cycle downward kind of thing Mm. and in my life now like i really have to hustle there's not not a single thing in my day that is not a hustle i'm like right now in my situation with the gym i pay rent I'm an independent contractor. We created the brand of Invigorate Training. Right. We just kind of work as a team. We do our our group classes together, but we're each independent contractors. Yeah. Every client I have, I hustle. Every event I do, I hustle. Good. My weekend is at Central. I work at Central on weekends. What do you do there? I'm a porter. Nice. So I assist (laughs) the bartenders. Yeah. If your glass is clean, you're welcome. If it's clean, (laughs) the other guy. I, I can speak to a very high standard. Of that is hustle. Classes, yeah. But hey. Like everything I do is a hustle. But then that forces me into that self-affirmation of like, hey, I did good. Because yeah. I paid my bills. Like, yeah. When, when you're in the warehouse environment, it's like, well, we did the things. We lifted the things up, put the things down, made this check, all things done. I don't really know if I did anything meaningful. So you forget you forget to give yourself credit. You forget to have that like confidence. Yeah. So I think that's why it was such a beneficial transition for me. I'm also wired that way. I'm a, like a big deep thinker. Yeah. Like you said with my like five story long uh, Instagram post, I basically go to the max as much as it lets hey. me. <laughs> but I need to. But that's I'm, you. I'm an but that's what person. you. What, that's what you need to do to get through and where you have to be and. Yeah. Every so often, it's a real short caption, and someone's like, Chris, you okay? Like, that's yeah. just a short, witty caption. I'm like, nah, it's just, that's what I felt. That it, yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, no, like, that whole internal validation, you can't work to get validation from somebody else, because, like you say, like, either that person's not always going to be there, or it's just a matter of, like, hey, it serves no meaning to have Gary V. like, oh, yeah, you got this, yeah, kill it, hustle, kill yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, what's that going to do? Like, yeah. the person's not going to adapt. They're not going to change. They're not going to feel the right emotion. Well, then so the, the reason the reason is lost. Like, well, what are you doing it for? For an audience, right? So, you know. Exactly. You gotta... I just thought it was neat that you spoke to that because it was something that <laughs> resounded in my head. I think I did this long Facebook post this morning or something, and it was something along the lines of you cannot, like, seek to get some kind of an approval from somebody else because that's just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. You need to see that approval in yourself. You need to have that self-image that propels you forward. Yeah. If you're if you're getting that from somebody else, you're just gonna hit a dead end because yeah. somebody else isn't always there. Half yeah. the time, somebody else is not there. Yeah. Most of the t- most of the things I've celebrated in life, I've celebrated alone and silently. Like most of the proudest things I've ever done. Yeah. So you know, which you know, people people think you should broadcast things um but not all the time like i feel like you know those those moments where you just keep close and you know kind of unearth it and tell people maybe 20 years down the road and stuff those are special 
things, you know? So I don't know. I, th I think, you know, at the same time, I love Instagram and everything, but there's, there's some power in uh, keeping things private too. And, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, I'm very uh, vocal and very outgoing, but at the same time, there's a lot of things that I'm very private about, but very proud of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think in some sense, like we can, we can have our victory and we'll express it internally. But sometimes we know that in telling more people about that, it's going to inspire them to push their boundaries. Yeah. Like a lot of time I'll put out content knowing that it makes no difference to my progress, whether everybody knows it or not. Yeah. But there is probably somebody out there that's listening that would be more inclined to challenge themselves and see the same thing in themselves, mm -hmm. which is kind of like, that's, that's my realm. I want people to see more in themselves. And sometimes you just need something to trigger, but yeah, like it wouldn't be effective in me if I relied. Right. Like if I was like, I haven't accomplished anything unless this post gets 40 likes. If it doesn't get 40 likes, I didn't make it. Oh, that, that stuff makes at, me sick. That would be bad. <laughs> like, I've been made fun of, like, oh, your post only got 20 likes. Are you sad? I'm like, no, no like, it really yeah. doesn't oh, matter. I just needed to put that out there, and it could be in a journal, but I like Instagram, so I put it on the Instagram. And that's just kind of how yeah. it works. Yeah. Like, like validations, who cares? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So talking obstacles in life, what's life's toughest obstacle you've had to overcome? And if you had somebody overcoming the same thing, what advice would you give them to get through that? Oh, I can't really pinpoint. Like I said, I'm just such a very positive, optimistic person. I really don't see challenges and obstacles as like as that almost. Mm -hmm. like. But if I were to pinpoint something that right now I'm going through um, is I'm 38. My parents are in their 70s right now. I'm really struggling um, hard, actually, with the fact that they're they're aging. They're kind of losing their mind a little bit. Their personalities are changing as well as mine. And how do I adjust and how do I make the best of their life and my life and our time together? And, and they, they kind of have a very very tough upbringing and a tough life and um you know our journey here to Canada wasn't easy and I think um I I don't know the full scale of the impact of their journey until now I'm starting to begin to learn um because it's impacting me in certain ways too and kind of like my journey and in, in dealing with um um you know their struggles and their trauma so you know kind of navigating growing up getting older um my relationship with my parents and and their um time here on earth and you know how i'm how am i going to treat them that is uh um respectful to their needs um without imparting what i think they should do at their age or whatever yeah yeah that's very tough right right now for me mm -hmm. i think um you know and i have two siblings that struggle with it too so you know we're working on it together and sometimes alone and sometimes you know gets gets tough but um yeah, I, I guess like how do I get over things? I, I kind of don't. I think it's like a, it's a journey and you just, uh, whatever you hit, you have to face it with some dignity in class and um, you use what you know and ask for help when you, you don't really know. <laughs> That's a good one. Right? 
I ask for a lot of help. Ask for help when you need it kind of thing. Do you have a group chat with your siblings? I do. I do. I try not to keep like the chat um, text because there's a lot of tone that can be implied and that that can get dangerous and it has. But so I try to have those conversations and the conversations can be heated and we yell and we laugh and then we discuss things and we're logical and we're not. But yeah, I think... uh, yeah, having face to face, like, do you think we can do this podcast via text? Probably not. No, no, that would be right. Real messed up. Yeah, so that's why you're here. Yeah, you know, so uh, you know, we're talking about some. I I feel like some pretty good topics here. I don't think we can elaborate or have those pauses or have those moments with. Uh, yeah. No, that in makes group, sense. In a group chat. <laughs> just even having those open line of communication. Like I just find sometimes. Uh, siblings can easily fall out of touch with each other yeah, and for if sure. they're having like everybody has parents getting older like my parents are 65 and so they're like they're everything everything is checking off but i often wonder like what's going to happen as everybody gets older like what happens when 10 years passes and the mm. inevitable goes down and yeah. you have like these open lines of communication with siblings like yeah. you're in this together kind of thing yeah and for me my siblings are nine and 13 years older than me and so to kind of keep a consistent uh communication because the oldest sibling has his two daughters like totally different lifestyles we we have a few facebook uh, messenger group chat and i found that to be really helpful because i can have just like some little weird goofy thing that happened in my day and i i can tell them about it and otherwise they wouldn't know about like my life until like maybe a month down the road at somebody's birthday or something right so we keep it like short and concise and then when it's something more in depth i give them a phone call yeah but it's something that we kind of implemented in in the last year which i think has been great yeah because we lose touch like hey like family is more than just each individual sibling's relationship with their parents family is how the siblings support each other down the road with all the battles that they overcome mm-hmm. and so i think like it, it sounds like you're pretty close with your siblings which is... yeah I, I would i would say like we're all pretty different but um we're all good people we do good things in our lives and i think um how we our perspectives on on things have to be respected and uh yeah we have very differing uh, perspectives but i think if that respect is there and you hear each other out even if you disagree right like it's yeah. It's just so important that you're there for each other. You know, I, I, I have a very small family um, that I know of. Uh, it's really actually quite large, but in Edmonton here, it's just my mom, dad, brother, and sister. So we only have each other. So, you know, um, those relationships take effort. So, and sometimes the effort lacks on whatever part of the siblings or parents even. So you always have to be like, you know, put things aside and put that effort in again because relationships don't, relationships don't work on their own of any kind right like you know just because you're family you can't take that for granted that like their blood so they're gonna always like you yeah Yeah. you gotta you gotta invest but also like you know what's what's the big stuff you're gonna sweat and what's the small stuff you gotta really pick and choose so yeah yeah. and sometimes you don't talk about it sometimes you do right so you you kind of have to to gauge it but you know we're, we're all here together uh, up until recently. We all lived uh, two minutes from each other. So, yeah, and we all have kids, so they love each other. 
That's good. They know nothing about life yet except fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> but so that's good. I, you know, sometimes you have to think about like those, those kids know something, you know, the little ones, totally. the toddler age, like, you know, it's not until you become adults. So we have to work so hard to become a kid again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely. Moving on to your community involvement, because yeah. you're very involved with like volunteering stuff. Um, what gives you the energy to put in those countless hours towards all the causes you've helped? And let's use your uh, Bikes for Kids campaign as an example. Like, how much time did it take to organize that, like with Cycle Bar, and organize it so that like bikes got sold? Was it was it a challenge, or did the community come through for you, or? Yeah, like I don't, I don't know. Like it is just such a people think it, it's a lot of work, but it all stems from an idea, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's your power to commit to that idea, and things just start rolling. Because when you believe in something so much, if you surround yourself with good people, they all of a sudden believe in you too. It's just like this, like domino effect that just keeps growing, and it becomes a monster, and it did, right? Like I had, I don't know, I had so many people coming i had almost four thousand dollars donated (laughs) i had an event i don't know if you remember that event that i had at yeg cycle and i got two bikes and i was actually hesitant back then i was just like oh no one's gonna come and then i'm like i got two bikes cool i'm gonna do it again yeah you know and then i got six more bikes so now i have eight bikes um for my kids and uh i'm always thinking like if i haven't done this the bikes wouldn't be there so yeah damn Dow, you did a good job of like starting the idea but it wasn't me like i had the power to start the idea that's why i always think about like i have so much power i have like this incredible like this insatiable need to like do something and get it done and uh people just really fall in line with my vision and they help me like Farah's was incredible um uh, uh loma you know she she's actually the one that talked to me a year prior and saying hey whenever you want to do this bike thing just give me a call i didn't give her a call because i didn't think like she'd remember she goes hey dow i want to offer you my studio when do you want to do this bike thing i'm like are you serious we set it up we got it done people signed up you know i think i sent out a few messages not a lot but people just caught on. Um, a lot of people reposted, and Champs did it for me. Far did it. Um, yeah, so many people just supported, it. and then you know had this jar at the front, and I was charging a hundred dollars a ride because I knew each bike cost five ninety nine, right? And and so it was. I needed like six people just to get one bike. Yeah. For a hundred bucks each. Yeah. So. Um, when people, when that jar filled up with all these hundred dollar bills, I'm like, holy shit, you know? And then I counted cash. I remember counting cash. Like that was important to me. Like how many bikes I'm like, oh my God, we get six bikes. The next day I went to work with all this cash. I submitted it. And then, um, I, I went online to Apple fitness. I, I, uh, ordered six bikes. (laughs) Like it's so like, it just happened like that. And then, um, I don't know if you watch my Instagram story, but like there one day, like the, the uh, Apple fitness guy comes in, he's like with a clipboard. Hey, um, I'm looking for Dow Haddad. You know, we have six bikes here and they're just all wheeling it in. It was just like, I felt like the price is right. Like, you know, I was just won something. I'm like, Hey, I didn't win something. This is like our community and our doing. So yeah, I believe that I have the power to do it. It's not that I, and what a waste of power to just sit there and going, I can do this. Why can't I do it again? So I'll, I'll be doing things again and again and again because I know 
I can do it. <laughs> totally. I love it. That's so yeah. great. And like, have you noticed the, the kids benefiting from the bikes? Like, do they have a regular regiment or is it just like when they need to unwind, they hop on a bike? Or? So yeah, it, it could be regular regiments. It can be very haphazard. Um, what I'm noticing is that uh, teachers know their students really well. They know that uh, the research behind uh, heavy leg work and the, the release of endorphins and, and uh, that muscle work, right, really helps them focus or calm or invigorate or excite. So there's lots of benefits and depending on the child. So, you know, I, there's um, uh, eight bikes total in our school. We have them scattered throughout our whole school. Um, probably we have three floors, you know, at least two or three on each floor and you get the same kids using it for different reasons, for different amount of times. Um, but it's being use in use and I've had to call Apple Fitness to come by and like fix a couple bikes because they're they're getting run down. Yeah. But for a good reason. Mm-hmm. They're not getting like uh, you know, wrecked because the kids are screwing with them. They're actually being used so much that we have to keep servicing them. Yeah. So, and I, I come by and I turn on up the tension. I'm like, you need a little (laughs) bit more, you know, do a little sprint for me. Let's climb it. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. But I mean, some, some kids, uh, um, some kids just moving is, is enough. Like that'd be cool to kind of, kind of get it all in a room, but, uh, and have a little spin class, but with kids, um, especially the clientele at my school, they're dealing with so much individual trauma. You don't know if it's, uh, what you're doing sometimes is going to be um, a trigger or a stimulus or, you know, a detriment to what they're going through. So everything has to be responsive and individual. So that's mm-hmm. why I like each bike is kind of in different spots for different kids. Yeah. Makes total sense. Yeah, I love it. You should come by to the school and uh, take a walk through. Honestly, we can spend like a half an hour to an hour together and I can show you how each and every single bike is being utilized and by who. Totally. Kind of like little stories behind each kid, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah come by. Yeah, do it. Um, our next question is a random one, but this oh. one is going to really like okay. get in tune I'm with, ready. with your future. <laughs> your future possible endeavors. If you could live anywhere in the world, absolutely anywhere, all money aside, you have an unlimited budget, but you had to stay there for the rest of your life, Ugh. where would it be? Oh, Chris, I don't think I can, <laughs> I don't think I can leave here. I like that. I and don't I think, think I really can. Shows in your personality. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm grounded here. I uh, grew up here, like 38 years. So I just I I don't think I can leave. My family's here. Um, I have the power and the potential to do whatever I can anywhere in the world. I can travel anywhere at any time, any anywhere I want. So, you know, I'm gonna have this as my home base, and everywhere else, I'm just gonna be like a bungee cord. Just I can go, yeah. release, yeah. come back. And back, you know, and so that's the beauty of, uh, of home and Edmonton is home. I love Edmonton. Like, you know, I'm not into that, like bad rap about here. I love it here. Yeah. Yeah, I think the people really make this city what it is. Yeah. Sure. We get really, really weird weather, like the weirdest weather. Oh, I have like (laughs) 10 pairs of shoes and like all sorts of thickness of jackets in my car to prepare <laughs> it's like you get kind of a fall when right. spring should be and then you get a month of summer and then you get first winter and yeah it was wasn't it beautiful summer. today though it was really it was gorgeous nice. today like i actually made a point <laughs> to get outside right. and uh go for a walk yeah yeah because when are we gonna have these days happen we don't even know that's yeah. that's the funny thing i stopped looking at the weather network unless i'm going to 
like Jasper or something. Yeah. But it stopped because like we never really know. Yeah. But once winter hits, I, we embrace it and then we just compare cold to coldest, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's like, you know, it'll be minus like 18, but it's not minus 40, so minus 18 is just so this is nice. This is nice. It's really nice. nice. It's really nice. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So this is the final final question if you could give our listeners one piece of advice on how to live their life the most authentic way and have the most fulfilling life what would it be what would that advice be whatever is bothering you really let it bother you and then face it because that shit will carry on with you for a long time and it will hold you back from everything else you want to do so um, if you're in that relationship and you need to leave, ask yourself those tough questions. Leave or stay. Do, do those things that bother you that's kind of like that you're putting off on the back burner. Everybody has it, mm-hmm. right? So I think um, realizing those blockages and um, healing what you need to heal, repairing those relationships that you need to repair, whatever it is, or that dream that you have that's been itching at you, but you say you can't because you're stuck in something, you know, just really explore those things. So, I mean, I know that's a vague piece of advice in terms of, uh, yeah, just in order to move forward. Yeah, Yeah. in order to move forward, you got to see what's stopping you. Yeah. Whatever that is. Yeah, that's it. I love it. (laughs) Thanks for joining me. We'll see you next time. Yes, see you next time. Thank you.